You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Here is a crazy fact that I just learned. It was literally 41 years I have traveled through this life, and I have only just learned this now. And I have been living in this country called Australia coming up 14 full years. We have officially just passed New Year's. It's our first January, 14th year being in this country. And I literally just learned Australia as a continent right? Located in the down under, we live in the upside down world. This continent is almost the same size as the United States of America. What? (laughs) That is insane. Like that is insane, my friends. Like I knew that this country was big. I was like, I I understand, right? It takes a long time, many hours, to get from the top to the bottom, from the east to the west. But when I think about that in the context of the United States of America, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, why do we not learn these fun facts? Because that blows my mind. Blows my mind, my friends. So I had to just share that with you because I've only just learned this. And I think we all need to know this. How is this country the same size as the mainland of the United States of America? What? And why are we located so far away from all of the things? Which is both a blessing and a frustration. Alas, here we are. Okay, today we are going to talk about, we are going to jump into step three of my super simple approach to building a successful flower business. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome. Welcome to this secret, sacred corner of the interwebs. This is a very fun and fantastic place where we talk about all of the things that nobody talks about within our industry. And we spill all the secrets and I just give you all of the goodness that I wish I had when I was trying to figure out how the crap to make money in my flower business. So my friends, welcome to this little bubble. So much goodness. And... If it's been a hot minute since you've tuned in, go back to podcasts. Go back to the very first podcast of this year and start listening to that podcast because today is episode three of a little four-part, what's the fancy word for whatever it would be after trilogy? Whatever. A trilogy plus one. (laughs) Me and Peter Jackson plus one. So good. But... This is step three in the three-step process. So no matter where you are on your flower business journey, my friends, right? You might have your shop sorted. You're thinking about growing your team. You're thinking about expanding in 2022. You're thinking about offering a la carte weddings and doing subscriptions and workshops. Maybe you're there, right? Maybe you're really wanting to learn how to make more money in your business. Or you might be a new designer who is just trying to figure out how the heck do I get started, 
Where the heck do I even go? The beautiful thing about this three-step approach is it's exactly the process that I use in my business. It doesn't matter where you are on your business journey because the principles, the elements of understanding how to create a successful flower business are the same. You might be at the point where you've turned over four, five, six hundred thousand dollars in a year and you want to scale to a million. Or you might be at that point in your business where you're like, okay, how do I make my first 20K? My friends, I have the answer for you. So if you have not listened to the previous two episodes, just hit pause now and then go back and listen to that and then come back to this one. Because I want you to actually do all three of these steps. I know there are a lot of us who like to just sit around and consume content, but not actually put it into action. But the difference between where you are right now and where you want to be is taking action. I heard this thing the other day about how some people listen to podcasts on like time plus a half, double time. I don't even know how fast it can go. I was like, Guys, the point isn't to consume the content. The point is to learn the stuff and then put it into practice. (laughs) Like, I am all for learning stuff. But where the real benefit comes is when you take the idea and you put it into practice for yourself. So please, don't be like the vast majority of the humans who just consume the content and don't do anything with it. Consume the content. Hold yourself accountable to taking this work and making it work for your business just so that you can see the results. Because what's so interesting is this process, this three steps, is so powerful. It's so incredibly powerful because we can keep coming back to it, right? When we can feel ourselves wanting to level up, wanting to go into the next chapter of our business, wanting to start something new, come back to the basics. When you feel like you're totally confused, totally overwhelmed, and you're like, I don't even know what to do, just kind of throw a spanner in the works, this isn't going to plan, come back to the basics. Step one, you need to get crystal clear on what your vision for your business is. And I want you to be really selfish, really ambitious, I want you to write this down, and I want you to create a Pinterest board. I want you to be able to have something visual to be able to understand what you want to create with this business because that is the whole point. You are not going to be gifted the business that you want. You have to go out there and take action in order to create it. And the clearer you can be on your vision, the clearer you can be on where you want to go, the faster you will get there. So step number one is articulate your vision. Step number two, reverse engineer your approach. Now, what I want you to do here is I want you to set a very specific sales target. And I want you to know that if you feel nauseous, if you feel fear, if you feel uncertain, if you feel hesitant around it, perfect. The real adjustment then comes in step three. With step two, you're going to take your revenue target, your sales goal, and you're going to use that as your north star in your business. For most of us, when we set that revenue target, when you go through the math and figure that out, you're going to see just how small you've been thinking, right? And that brings up all of the doubt, all of the hesitation, all of the uncertainty, which is perfect because that, my friends, is where your comfort zone ends and where your success begins, The reason that so many floral designers and so many business owners stop, the reason that so many business owners call it quits, 
is because it doesn't work the first time and the fear, the doubt, and the uncertainty are used as an indication that something has gone wrong. When in actual fact, those are simply part of the human experience. Your primitive brain is programmed to keep you safe, which means it's going to shoot a lot of fear fireworks on a very regular basis. And in actual fact, when you are the business owner, I think it happens almost every day, multiple times on many days. It's totally part of the journey. And in actual fact, when you step outside of your comfort zone, when you embrace the fear, when you recognize that the doubt and the uncertainty and the hesitation are all part of the journey, you're going to see how much you can grow and expand and evolve into the next version of yourself. And that is precisely what step three is about. Step three is literally about transforming your identity. And in this three-step approach, I want you to remember that all of the negative emotions, all of the fear, all of the frustration, all of the irritation, totally normal. In actual fact, I'm going to tell you right now, if you look at your revenue goal and it makes you feel like you want to throw up, you might be on the right track. And what really matters is that if you feel afraid, if you feel doubt, or if you feel uncertainty, that doesn't mean you have to stop. All of those emotions are a normal part of the human experience. But for many of us, when we are kids, when we watch television and watch these movies, we are conditioned to believe that we're supposed to be happy all of the time. And if we're not happy, then something is wrong with us and we need to fix it. This is literally like my entire existence, right? If you're mad, frustrated, sad, angry, irritated, disappointed, afraid, hesitant, something must be wrong with you. You need to go out and fix it because you're supposed to be happy all of the time, right? That's literally what we are conditioned to believe. And then you start a business and you bring all of your fear and your doubt and your uncertainty with you and you're like, well, clearly something must be wrong. I should stop don't. <laughs> don't stop, please. Because those emotions are perfectly normal. It's all about understanding that nothing has gone wrong. Literally, there is nothing wrong with you. You are not broken if you feel fear, doubt, uncertainty, scared, hesitant, overwhelmed, confused. Literally. Nothing is wrong with you. Everybody who I know that actually owns a business and runs a business brings their fear and their doubt and their uncertainty with them to work every single day. Sometimes I will teach you guys to actually like pull up a chair. <laughs> okay, fear, let's go. You want to be at this workbench with me? You got to pull up a stool, right? You want to be in this car with me? Let's go. You could come with me, but you are not going to dictate our plan of attack, my good friend. Fear. I think it's Marie Forleo who talks about the idea of naming your fear and like personifying your fear as something like cute and unaggressive, right? I think she, I cannot remember the phrase that she uses, but it might be like naming your chubby wubby. Because <laughs> then it's like me and my chubby wubby are going to deliver these bouquets. <laughs> 
It's like, I'm going to bring my fear and my doubt and my uncertainty with me. And really understanding that in order for you to create bigger, better results in your business, you get to grow into the next version of yourself. If you find yourself being a lot like me and you're like, I'm not a confident person, I wasn't born this way, I'm like, correct. None of us were born with confidence, right? Just like none of us were born knowing how to drive a car. None of us were born knowing how to ride a bicycle. It is a skill to be developed. It's a skill and a craft and a practice that you get to put into place in your business every single day of the week. And once you learn how to create confidence on purpose and understand that you're going to have your own back no matter what the results of your actions are, you're going to then actually double down on the fact that you're going to feel more confident even if things aren't working out the way that you think that they were supposed to. You can still learn to pick yourself up in a heap on the ground and keep moving forward. We're literally taught, right, as kids that like, well, you create confidence through achieving something, right? It's like if we actually think about that for a second, like, I don't know, say you did some sort of like advanced placement, something or other, right? Talking to all of my overachievers, right? But you do some sort of advanced placement course and because you did that course, you feel confident? No. Right? It's like you built the confidence through doing the work inside of that program. You build the confidence by practicing. You build the confidence by putting what you're learning to work for yourself. Same thing goes, like if you've ever tried to learn to play a musical instrument, maybe, I don't know why the oboe just came to mind, I've never even attempted to play the oboe, but you don't wait till you feel confident and then start to learn to play the oboe. No, it's like you pick up the oboe, you start to learn some guiding principles, then you actually learn how it's going to work for you by practicing allowing it to be really shitty, like really crappy and hoping that nobody can hear you, hoping hoping that it's totally silent around you and through the practice, you become more confident. Confidence isn't something that any of us is born with, right? It is a skill to be practiced, right? I love this idea of thinking it's like learning a new activity, learning dance, learning how to sing, learning how to play a musical instrument, even learning how to make like some fancy cake, right? Or learning how to make like croissants, I reckon the first time you make them, if you're trying to just read it out of the cookbook or watch a couple of YouTube videos, it might not work. But you keep practicing, you keep going, and you keep trying. And that's actually how you build confidence. But when we think, okay, well, I need to wait to feel confident before I even show up, we're just going to be standing around waiting for a very long period of time. Right? I know for me, it's this idea of like, oh, I'm going to wait for the right time. Or I'm going to wait for a sign. I know I spent a long time in the story of waiting for permission. Right? As if some flower goddess was going to come along and strike me with her magic, silvery, sparkly wand and 
give me permission to finally create the business I wanted to create. I am still waiting for said flower fairy to come along and anoint me with my crown. <laughs> but while I am waiting for that to happen, this idea of we actually create confidence through action, through practice, without having any attachment to the outcome. Because, like we learned last week, most of what you try in your business isn't going to work. And even when you feel like you're at the pinnacle of success and you've got a close rate of like one in four inquiries or one in 10 people who ask about a daily flower deliverer actually ordering with you, if you think about that for a second, so that means one in 10 people, if only one in 10 people are going to land on my website and they're actually going to place an order, that means that 90% of the people don't want what you have to sell. 90% of the people are going to say no. And by a very traditional construct, it means that 90% of your effort could be classified as a failure. So we have to rewrite our relationship with the results and redefine for ourselves what failure actually means. I keep thinking too about like those Olympic divers. When I was a kid, I think I thought, I want to be a gymnast, let's be honest. But close enough is being able to dive off the bajillion meter platform. I can only imagine as they are ascending, as they are going up to the top platform, I don't think their anxiety decreases. <laughs> I don't think like you take one more step. Oh, great. Now I'm going to get to this point where I feel completely confident, utterly like ready for it. No. What does happen in that instance is that they have practiced enough that it can become default, right? So they don't even need to think about it. They don't need to think about the whole diving scenario. They only need to think about this point, this point, and this point. And if I do those three things... My body is so well-practiced that I should be able to go into the water without a splash. That's the whole point. They create confidence through practicing. The confidence comes from the doing, my friends. That is all that we need to know. We create confidence by taking action. And my greatest shortcut to making it work this whole idea of if you think about your dream flower business, and you think about that annual revenue target. Now, use your imagination. Think of somebody. You don't even need to know them. They could be a TV character. They could be somebody from a book. They could be from a movie. Think of somebody who you know, if they were put in that situation, would they absolutely, without a doubt, smash it? How would they approach running your business? This one exercise is so helpful because it expands our thinking. It gets us out of our own default programming thoughts, which is where our brain wants to hang out all of the time. And we can use our creativity and we can use our imagination just to really consider, okay, if this person over here, I don't even know, Throw some names out into the wind. Harvey Specter from Suits, right? Even I think about somebody like Martha Stewart or somebody I know that we talk a lot about, Anna Winter, 
right? If she was to step into your position, how would she approach your business? One of the things I've been thinking the most about recently is like our education system. Growing up, the system that many of us go through in terms of grade one, grade two, grade three, et cetera, et cetera, and then you need to go on to university and you need to really reinforce the overachiever and the way that we're taught to learn things is so backwards. And we are never, ever, ever, ever taught how the human brain works. Like I think I vaguely remember learning about like the circul circular system. No. What is it? Circulation. I don't even know. I know so little about science. But lungs and the heart and the esophagus and the appendix and the liver, your bones and your skin and all of that stuff. But nobody ever talks about, nobody ever sits us down and be like, okay, hey, you are a human with a human brain. Here are some really helpful things for you to learn. <laughs> right? If our lungs' job is to breathe and our heart's job is to pump the blood through our body, our brain's job is to think, right? And it's going to do it whether we're thinking consciously or unconsciously, right? It's literally the job. And it's going to think on average 60,000 thoughts in the run of a day. That is like an entire football stadium of thoughts every day. The vast majority, like 95% of those thoughts are completely unconscious. But it's those thoughts that are creating the results in your life. And if we're never taught how to stop and question our thinking, to stop and wonder, what am I making this mean? To really contemplate what is the belief system that I want to create on purpose, if we're never taught how to do that, and we continue to walk through life and believe that every single sentence that goes through our head is the truth. So many of us believe that the stuff that goes through our heads, right, the 60,000 thoughts in the run of a day is a fact. And what is insane is that you being a human being, possibly, but you being a human being living at this particular moment in time have the ability to think about what you're thinking about. I'm like, dogs don't do that. Cats don't do that. It's insane to me that we are this species that can walk around on this planet and actually think about what we're thinking about. And this one skill set is so powerful because if you can use your imagination, and I know that we all can, but if you use your imagination and think about somebody who inspires you and think about, okay, how would they approach your business? This is a surefire way to shortcut your progress because it can open up your perspective and show you that there is an alternative point of view to be had. What's so interesting, and I'm going to dig into this more and do an episode on this in the future, but your identity, who you think you are, is just literally a pile of thoughts, right? It's like, your identity, your personality, how you show up in the world is being driven by your brain. And really thinking about who do I need to become 
in order to make this business work? Who do I need to become in order to step up and write the next chapter of my business? That version of you that created the $20,000 or the $200,000, who is that version of you? The version of you that's going to scale to a million dollars. How is that person different to the you of today? If you take yourself to the place of having already created the results that you want in your business, that person is different to the you of today. And you get to create that person on purpose. And this is what step three is all about. And it's really about understanding who you get to become. Who is the next version of you that's going to create this next chapter in your business? And step three is all about transforming your identity. Because at the end of the day, it's really important for us to remember A successful business isn't built on luck or hope. A successful flower business doesn't just happen. It doesn't fall out of the sky. Nobody comes knocking on your door and be like, oh, hey, I looked inside of your brain and it looks like you want to have a successful flower business. No. A successful flower business is created. Right? But so many of us, so many floral designers are like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep posting to Instagram and hope that, I don't know, Maybe my next client will just magically find me. I hope that my next inquiry is better than the last one. I hope that if I invest all this money in this bridal show or this styled shoot, that I hope it helps. Or I hope I'm going to make some updates to my website and just cross my fingers. Right? And we are taught at such a young age that luck plays such an incredible factor in people's success. But that is so disempowering. Right? Because then we look for all of the reasons as to why we're not like her. Well, she created that in her business, therefore I can't have it in my business. Right? We're literally conditioned to believe that we need to look outside of ourselves for the answer. For me, it's like, oh, I really hope that somebody comes along and discovers my work so I can get published and get famous. And then maybe, just maybe, my clients will start asking me to create that kind of work. Right? We're taught to believe that we need to have more followers. Right? That the algorithm might finally work in your favor if you do a reel every day for 30 days and you post three times a day god forbid (laughs) right we pump ourselves up and we really hope that the next client inquiry gets better we hope that our next customer doesn't question our prices and has no hesitation around what they're going to buy in fact i hope that the next customer doesn't ask any questions please just give me your money and go away and let me do my magic But when we think that way, we are handing over all of our power and all of our authority to these people. And in most cases, to people we've never met, we're never going to meet, and people who have kind of no vested interest in our success. When in actual fact, we can decide ourselves to show up in a very different way. When we hope that something outside of us changes... Right? When we hope that we can get more followers or we hope that we can get discovered or we hope that we can get published, we stay stuck, we stay frustrated, we stay disheartened, and you don't make much money from that place. And you definitely are not running a business that you absolutely 
love. You do not feel empowered. For me, it was like I felt like I was at the mercy of my customers. Everybody else's needs were ahead of mine, quite literally. But if we think about this idea, right, if you think about a person who could step into your shoes, achieve that revenue target, no hesitation, right? I often think of the movie Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. This idea, the audacity that he had of like just deciding he was going to impersonate a pilot and a lawyer. Like literally, he just decided. So he created his little paperwork thing. I'm not even sure anybody asked for it. (laughs) Which makes me think, don't tell the formal certification people this. But I'm like, I wonder if anybody in our industry has ever like fraudulently presented themselves as certified in ABC category. Now, I am not suggesting that that's a good idea, but I'm like, has anybody ever tried to do that? Has anybody ever tried to care that much? Has anybody ever been asked to show a customer their certification? (laughs) I'm like, we don't even ask the doctor. Before we go into the clinic or the medical center, we do not even ask the doctor, oh, hey, can you tell me about your education and your high school experience? And then can you please show me and give me three references before I ask you to save my life? (laughs) But so many floral designers use that as a reason to not move forward. But I love thinking about Leonardo DiCaprio because I think it's such an interesting concept, right? Like we can even borrow the belief of his character and catch me if you can because he's like, I'm not waiting for permission. He just literally stepped into the identity. And this isn't like fake it till you make it. This is like being that person. He was a pilot. Like he was being a pilot living the full pilot life. So interesting that we can just decide to do that. So here is the three steps, my friends. And I said this before and I will say it again, you're going to question me because it's too simple. But that's why it works. So step one is you're going to articulate your vision. You need to get clear on what your version of success looks like. Step two, reverse engineer your approach, right? You're going to use your sales target, your revenue target as your North Star, and then that's going to become your filter for making decisions. And then the real work comes down to transforming your identity, becoming, stepping into, embracing the discomfort and the personal growth and the evolution and the change of being able to create that business. Because nothing outside of you needs to change. You don't need to have less competition. You don't need to magically have a stream of better customers knocking down your door. You can literally change anything you want in your business and so much of it comes down to us transforming our own identity. Because none of us, when we started this business, did we ever think, oh yeah, right, I've signed up to become a CEO. No, it's like, I want to be a floral designer. (laughs) I like them flowers. I like how it makes the peoples happy. I like the magic and the beauty and the love and the problem solving and the challenges that we face as designers. None of us put our hand up to be like, oh, hey, yeah, I totally want to be a high-powered CEO. Yes, that's absolutely me. No. But that is where our personal growth sits. 
So I want you to start waking up and living into the experience of being that kind of business owner, showing up with that revenue target in mind, right? This is why it's so helpful because it's like if you went to that version of you that has created the million dollar business, how does she approach her wholesalers? How does she approach hiring freelancers? How does she approach her entire sales process with her customers? It's so fascinating because this is not about fake it till you make it. This is about being in your whole body. This is about embodying that next version of you. When you think about growing your team, even the next time you respond to an email, you post to Instagram, you pick up that phone. Be that next version of you. Step into that $200,000 version of you. Take yourself that seriously. When you show up to work, right? When you're going to work, when you're cleaning the car, when you're getting dressed, when you're doing your hair, like all of it, I want you to be that person. Be the person who has already created the business that you want to have. And then you will see how your change in your own self-perception change in your own thinking, creates more confidence and you take more action. And all of a sudden, you will start to see very different results in your business because it all comes back to your own perspective and the stories that you're telling yourself. So remember, come back and listen to these podcast episodes anytime you want to. And at any point in time, if you feel you're on the precipice of like the next iteration of your business, articulate your vision, right? Like get really clear about where you want to go. Set your revenue target. Use that as your North Star. And then know that all of your work comes down to transforming your identity. And this is on a day-to-day basis in the smallest, most subtlest ways possible. My friends, this framework works. doesn't matter where in the big bad world you are located. Doesn't matter if you have a shop front, you have no ambitions to have a shop front. It doesn't matter if you do weddings, don't do weddings, have no dream of doing weddings. This is your business and you get to decide what is right for you. And then you can keep coming back to this three-step approach. Step one, articulate your vision. Step two, reverse engineer your approach. Step three, transform your identity. This entire strategy is the foundation for the Flower Boss Bootcamp. So I promise you guys, it works. And it doesn't matter if you have all of the qualifications, all of the certifications, all of it. This is the three-step process to building a successful flower business. Now, what I want to come back to you with next week, because you all are going to be like, yeah, but how do I do this? My friends, next week, I'm going to teach you how to solve any problem. Literally. The formula that I use to solve problems is so simple and it's so powerful. And it works for any area of your business, right? If you're really struggling in terms of finding good staff and building your team. If you want to stop working on specific days of the week. If you want to raise your prices. If you want to get your website sorted. If you want to get, I don't even know, published in a magazine. If you want to start a flower farm. If you want to turn your greenhouse into a beautiful event space, this formula works. So don't forget to come back, revisit these podcasts as many times as you want to. Please commit to doing this work. Please sit down and articulate your vision. 
set yourself a revenue goal, and then really think about who you get to become along the way. Because it is so fun. So incredibly fun. Okay, my friends, drive safe, drink your water, eat your vegetables, get some sleep. And I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now.